Tonight's scripture reading is from John chapter 6, verses 51 through 58. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. The word of the Lord. Pardon me, there's no place to put my water. And the cross is sticking behind me here. Sorry. Worst things have happened, I think, regarding the cross. Morris felt like hell, and he didn't know why. He wanted a reason. He wanted something. He sat in the same coffee shop almost every day. He went to work at four at the hospital downtown preparing surgical trays, placing stainless steel instruments on stainless steel trays and wrapping the whole thing in plastic wrap. So when someone needed a bypass or some horrible thing uh, removed, Everything was right there, all the instruments, sterile and waiting. He did that till midnight, then usually made last call, and went home and watched infomercials mindlessly and went to bed. He was usually up by 9 or 10 and did whatever until he eventually wound up at the coffee shop, trying to remember what he'd really accomplished that day and to prepare himself to go back to work and do it all again. He swore if he was ever called upon to prepare a tray for a lobotomy, he would use the instruments on himself. What was wrong with him? He got up from the table and went to get some cream for his coffee, which irritated him. He could never, he thought, never get the right ratio of cream to coffee. He would put in too much cream and the coffee would be lukewarm and tasteless. And, or he would put in not enough and it would be bitter and without the elusive, velvety, rich consistency he desired. Yeah, he preferred this coffee, though, here. Because in this shop, he could put the cream in himself. 
Other places where the moron behind the counter put it in were intolerable to him. The people behind the counter were even bigger idiots than he was. He sat back down and sipped the coffee. Damn, he muttered. Too much. What was his problem? 38 years old, and this was the thing? This was the most passionate thing about his life? That had to be a sign that something was truly not right. Sometimes when he would sit there and he would catch his reflection in the coffee shop window and then look at all the other losers in their 30s sitting around the coffee shop, he would become overwhelmed with hopelessness. His arms and legs would become so heavy and his mind would fog in. It was an effort to lift the coffee cup to his mouth or to remember even what he was thinking about. Then someone would come in the door of the coffee shop, a woman with a pierced eyebrow or a a tiny little backpack on or some guy with early signs of male pattern baldness trying to convince the world his head was shaved because he liked it that way. And he would remember what he was thinking about, how stupid people were, how stupid he was. And then his limbs would get heavy and his brain would fog in. What was wrong with him? The life of him he did not know. But I did. Morris was building a hard little god inside. He'd been working on it since junior high. I can trace the beginning of construction to somewhere around the time he made, as Mrs. Patuzak put it, inappropriate comments while Jay Brandle was giving a report on Moby Dick. These comments were brought on by the fact that Jay Brandle had pointed out that the novel was not at all about the big whale, but really about Ahab's internal struggle, a point that seemed to his junior high mind a profound insight, but one that he had missed, leading him to conclude that he must be stupid. The hard little god made a home in Morris, and when Morris was nervous or scared, the hard little god would point out that his fear was the result of his own inadequacies. The hard little god was building inside, he was building inside would compare him to other people and find Morris wanting. And then Morris's hard little god would turn on the other people and delineate their shortcomings. It would sniff out posers, pseudo-intellectuals, and then turn on Morris, proclaiming him to be an even bigger poser, even more pseudo than the pseudos. It started with casual remarks to himself and others that were, for all Morris, new jokes or sarcastic remarks, certainly not the dividing cells of some destructive deity of which Morris was completely unaware just casual observations, like the fact that 14 people had finished the SAT before him. Why were they leaving? Done already? And he still had 23 more questions to go? All these things were food for the hard little god developing inside of him. Eventually, it took on a life of its own. It not only saw the idiocy in Morris himself, 
but of others as well. And the more vile and ridiculous he could find people, the stronger, the harder, the smaller the God became. And the smallness was not just small, as in tiny, but density. Like an entire solar system of hate collapsed in on itself, the littler it got, the harder it got, the denser it got, the more powerful the little God became. It sucked the energy from his limbs and his mind. What was he just thinking about? Morris could not remember. Then someone came through the coffee shop door, and he remembered he was thinking about how stupid people are and how stupid he was. It was some 20-year-old neo-poser punk rock Christian. He had seen this guy in here before with some others like him. They were reading Bibles and writing in notebooks and generally looking like they had it all figured out. He could never figure guys like this out. He was Catholic and that kind of over-enthusiastic public identification was something that really made sense to him. If someone wanted to put gauges in their ears and tattoo their entire bodies and wear dirty clothes, fine. If people wanted to be born-again Christians and go around annoying other people, fine. People's idiocy takes many different forms, but somehow combining the two seemed beyond stupidity. This guy was wearing a grimy jean jacket with the sleeves cut off, and he'd written on the back with a black sharpie in bad, gothic, motorcycle-y, gang-looking letters. It said, Bread of Life. All the way down his right arm, in the stupid lettering, he had tattooed, Eat My Flesh, on the left arm. And it said on the right, Drink My Blood. This guy was sick. Just then, Morris's stomach winced. A sharp, hollow pain sunk into his bowels. Acidic digestive juices splashed around in his stomach, hunting for something. Morris had given up eating two weeks earlier. It seemed pointless to him to chew and swallow and digest and vacate. How odd, he thought, just reading the word bread and eat and drink on the Christian tattoo guy had triggered some involuntary response. He read the words again and felt the acid in his throat. He was hungry. He felt dizzy. He felt heavy. The fog that usually filled his head returned this time. This time it closed his eyes. He lost consciousness. His head came down hard, first on the rim of his coffee cup, sending it spilling to the floor. Then the table, the weight of his body, pulled him over, off the chair, and onto the floor. This is, there is a difference between being alive and living. Still unconscious, he dreamed these words out loud. <laughs> 